Welcome to Talking Events, the industry podcast brought to you by Event Industry News. Today's podcast is being recorded from the London headquarters of event app provider Guidebook. Um, a big thank you to the Guidebook team for their hospitality and allowing us to set up the Talking Events studio in their office. You can get in touch with the podcast using its dedicated Twitter feed at Talking Events. You can also watch a video recording of each podcast via the Event Industry News YouTube channel. Let's welcome today's podcast guests. First of all, Wayne Morris from Guidebook. Uh, morning to you. Morning. And Jonathan Douglas from iBid. Uh, morning, Jonathan. Morning. Today's topic, gentlemen, is event technology a distraction? Um, let's begin, before we, we dive into some deep discussion, let's begin with a couple of paragraphs that were written by Jessica Levin, President and Chief Connector at Seven Degrees Communications. This is on the um, eTouches blog. So let's, let's begin with this and see what you think of it. Technology often dominates the world of events today. Beyond standard audiovisual installations, there is often a social media feed being used or a mobile application for an event. In some cases, there is an interactive game or the use of audience response systems. In today's world, technology tends to make its way into events one way or another. However, we as an industry have a lot of discussions about the value of face-to-face -face meetings and the importance of connecting and having conversations with others. Then we introduce technology that reduces the amount of conversations and often moves them online. When you look at it that way, you get the feeling that technology detracts and distracts from the goals of many event organisers. Do you end up connecting more people or less people by using event technology? So what do we think? What are our initial thoughts? Wayne, come over to you. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, in many ways, it's, it's a very fair point. Um, you know, technology is something that is, is evolving very fast within every industry, in the events industry, you know, be, being one of those. Um, when, when, uh, when technology evolves fast, what you find is, 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 a, is, a, is a whole load of providers in the marketplace um, looking to provide solutions. Um, the, the, the challenge there, of course, is that um, you, you have a number of different solutions that you're trying to, to meld into, into one event, and that's really challenging. What, what, we, what we see and what we're, what we're very focused on is, um, is the fact that the mobile phone is becoming ubiquitous, uh, certainly in the Western world, uh, and we see that as a, as a huge opportunity uh, to, to, to get much more out of events. And, and in fact, we think we're living in a, a day and age where technology is, is going to facilitate a um, much greater return on investment for anyone that attends an event or puts on an event. The, the, the big challenge is, is you know, how, do you, how do you ensure the technology that you deploy is, is actually really effective at achieving your goals? So one of the, one of the really big challenges up, up front that I would, um, that, that, that I would, uh, that I'd put out there for event organizers is like, you know, what is your goal of your event? What are you trying to achieve? Um, and if you're clear on that, you'll have a much better idea as to you know, which technology you should deploy to, to, to achieve those goals. And, and the answer isn't every single technology. The answer is I have, I have a goal um, and this is, what I wanna, this is where I want to get to. I'm going to do the right amount of research to determine you know, which of the solutions that are in the marketplace are, are right for me. And, and, and you know, that's a really nice start point. Perhaps we should, should look at it chronologically. Um, people come to an event... Um, that's, that is work-related, but through the use of mobile phones, which, as you said, Wayne, they're becoming ubiquitous, people are actually staying in touch with their day-to-day -day working responsibilities whilst they're also perhaps ten attending an event 
that is work related so how do we actually disengage them first of all from the day-to-day work and do we need to disengage people to an extent before then trying to amplify things with event technology yeah, i think if we look at that article um you know do we make useful conversations and have we changed them we certainly have and technology certainly has done that we like you said we go to these events these days we stay in touch with our day-to-day activities and the conversations we're having through emails and business as usual yet still trying to break new conversations and relationships with individuals at these events although uh some will agree none of us can fully multitask all the time um i'm certainly not very good at that at all so we have to disengage ourselves from one activity in order to fully immerse ourselves in another. I think the person that can design a uh, mode of technology or a certain activity that we all go through at the very start of an event to disengage from day-to-day activities and actually fully concentrate on the reason we're there at one of these events, then uh, that'll be a huge success. What advice could we give to event organisers who are looking to use technology as a way to engage but without actually distracting from the content that they've worked hard to programme for their actual event? Sure. I mean, one of the first things to say is that you're not going to get people off off their mobile phones. I mean, you, you have to embrace that. You have to roll with that. I mean, it's like you know, living in London and not and not being happy with the tube. I mean, it's just it's part it's part and parcel of of, of life here. And it's the same the same at events. You know, m- the mobile device is there. It's, it's there to stay. So um, yeah. So 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 how, how do you how do you ensure that the that the um, event tech isn't a distraction? Well, well, this might sound like a very obvious point, but it's one that's commonly missed, and that is to make it a key part of your event um if it's if it's a um if it's a really poor add-on uh, that doesn't offer value to the attendee then quite frankly it shouldn't it shouldn't be part of your event um and it can't be an afterthought i mean these these are things that have to be thought well in advance um i see countless amounts of events that um and it's getting better but i mean i've seen countless amounts of events that deploy an app for example because um, their nearest competitor deployed an app. And when I sit down with the event organizer and, and ask them, you know, why, why was it that you deployed an app for your event? You know, I'll get pretty fluffy answers. And, and these are discussions that I'm having because they told me that they want to you know, deploy our technology to, to, for, for it to be you know, a better experience this time around. But quite frankly, it doesn't matter whether you're using Guidebook or whether you're using somebody else. If you haven't thought about it up front and you haven't integrated with your event, you're going to get the same result. So I mean, th- thinking long and hard up front about what you're looking to get as an ROI is, 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 is really key. I would start there uh, and, and work forwards from that point. It's interesting that you, you mentioned apps, but we're really dealing with things on, on several different levels and, and, and several different forms of media, essentially, aren't we, through one device. If, if we use the mobile phone as an example, there are lots of different streams of media that can come into that device. Um, and perhaps we need to look at those individually. Um, we've got apps, we've got social media, we've got emails that are coming. And I think emails arguably are the, are the biggest distraction for somebody who is continuing to try and stay up to speed with their day job whilst attending an event. So... If we're breaking it down, how we would we address the issue, perhaps of emails first of all, Jonathan? Where would you I think, go with that one? I think the um, the key, the thing we're talking about here is is the one device. I think uh, the the way people go wrong is trying to uh, provide many devices that all do different things at an event. If we embrace the people that, you know, like Neil said, that people are still going to use their phones at these events, of course they are. You know, we're going to get someone to completely put down their phone for a number of hours or a whole day 
then just stick to that one, one device and actually get them to participate in that particular event through their mobile or through the device they already have rather than trying to engage them in another platform, be it an iPad, an iP you know, something else, um, during the event. And that way you keep them focused. Yes, of course, they'll get distracted throughout at certain points, but you can re-engage them through that one device rather than trying to get them to switch to something else. In terms of emails, um, I, I don't have the answer to that. I think it's extremely hard. You know, emails is the hardest thing to disengage from. We you know, constantly check it uh, you know, every single minute of the day. Um, I think you know, at the end of the day, you have to embrace that people are going to look at them and they you know, see them with great importance. I don't think there's an obvious uh, way that you can get people to totally switch off from emails, apart from giving them natural breaks throughout the session on a regular basis where they can have downtime to address the needs of their everyday business. Do we need to make it easier for people to, to, to engage using technology, but perhaps bombard them with, with less information when they're going to an event? We've got, we've got hashtags, we've got um, Twitter handles, we've got Facebook pages, we've got apps that can engage on, on all of those different social media platforms plus email. Do we need to actually just refine a little bit the, as organizers the information that we're giving to people? Yeah, completely. I mean, it, 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 without question, the, the, the answer to that question is absolutely yes. The um, you know, w one of the things that the that the mobile phone brings is this uh, is this central house of information that um, can be disseminated to to attendees, and I th and I think we need to recognise that attendees are busy people and they'll be doing many different things at, at at the event. They'll be obviously face to face networking. They'll be following up on those contacts. They'll be they'll be checking their emails, but they'll be obviously doing a lot of things at the event. But they're not going to be because they're at the event. You know we. You know, our approach shouldn't be, and our attitude shouldn't be. They're going to be. Com they need to be completely engaged with the event you know, throughout the whole time that they're actually at the event. I mean, that's just not not a healthy way to look at it. That that, that just isn't what happens today. However, um, what what technology can bring is uh, some insight into what happens actually at events. Which at the moment, if you're not deploying technology effectively, you're running you're running pretty blind. And, and what I'm getting at here is, you know, we know when people are. Um, sharing contact cards at events we know when people are, are doing this networking we know when people are engaging at events we can see those timelines uh, through technology and without without tech you're, you're you're flying pretty blind so um so so where you know where there are low engagement times that's where we can expect and be comfortable that people are, are leveraging their email we can't expect them not to be but when we want to get them re-engaged once again we can leverage technology to to make that re-engagement a reality and one of the ways you can do that um through the through the smartphone is is through push messaging, um, and and you know once again that's a technology that has been um, you know, overused in, in in many events that that I've been to. But when you think about it up front, you think about it you know long and hard, you, you can be advised as to when the right time is to send those push messages so you can get people re-engaged. You know? So I guess there are levels of engagement that you're going to get at an event, and and you can leverage technology to determine when you want to get people really re-engaged. Re so 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 you know. For me, I don't think we should be fighting against this um, this wave of people using email. It's not going to go away. But I think what we should be doing is using technology to 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 be much smarter about the way in which we uh, we engage with our attendees. Um, sorry, Jonathan. Do you... Yeah, I think it it comes down to setting a level of expectation. So um, we can't expect people to engage 100% of the time throughout a day. But like Neil said, you can expect them to be engaged at certain times. I think where people go wrong is they expect you know, the former, so they expect people to be constantly engaged with the technology that you provided for the event, but you know, through the careful design of an event, so you're taking a step back, 
and giving people certain downtimes or periods of low engagement where you know you have breaks and things then I think your expectations become more realistic and therefore the productivity of those sessions where they are engaged goes up tenfold. In terms then of the, the actual training of um, organi- organizers' uh, knowledge and their own experience, um, let me read you something. This is from a couple of years ago and I'm interested to see what your thoughts are on how things have progressed from uh, July 2013 and this was um, a summary article written by Conference and Incentive Travel um, regarding a panel discussion that took place at that year's meeting show um, and I'm going to quote you from uh, a guy called Jan Yap Indamawa, founder of Masters in Moderation who was part of that panel discussion who whose opinion at the time was that 90% of technology is useless at events not in general but at that point in time he stated that in his opinion technology is here to stay but we have to learn how to use it in order to make it beneficial and successful at our events so that that was a couple of years ago and and it's it's a bold opinion to say that 90% of technology being used at events at that time is useless but is he making a fair point in that there's so much out there we haven't really quite got used to it all yet and there is still a, a level of of education and knowledge to be developed before we we do get around to deploying it properly I'm not sure not sure I agree with with that I think if you have to learn a technology in advance of event then the technology and the design of it has failed you know, never would we expect at IBID we provide a, a fundraising mechanism through which you know, charities raise more money at live events we would never expect someone to learn how to use the IBID app before actually coming to that live gala dinner or anything so I think the technology itself has to be designed that it's so intuitive and so simple to use that it doesn't need to be learned it can just be picked up and straight away people know how to use it there is though a learning curve though to people who maybe haven't used an event app before when they come to an event and they are perhaps bombarded is, is too strong a word to use but there's a lot of information that's advertised to them and they're told right download the event app if they've not used one before there is inevitably a learning curve so instantly we're distracting from them so as in, intuitive as we we try and make it do we have to accept that certainly for, for, for the next few years people are going to be developing this as a new way of going to an event uh yeah, kind of. I mean, there's there's, there's two sides to that coin. Um, you know, it, it, if you obsess like we do about design and, and, and usability, then um, it would actually be a really enjoyable experience. I mean, what, one one of the things that, that that we one of the stats that we really like is that we get a huge amount of people downloading on the, on the day, um, and uh, you know, we get lots of people downloading well before the event as well if it's been marketed well enough. But on the day, the reason why people are downloading it is because the word of mouth is really strong and really positive. Um, we, d- we, don't, we don't see that at, at, at all events. And the, the only reason that um, people are saying it's good is because they're enjoying using it and there's, a, and there's, exclusive, uh, there's exclusive content on there that makes it relevant um, for them. Um, I mean, going back to the quote, you know, in the early days uh, um, of, of t- I mean, that's two years ago, um, technology moves really, really fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, this is something that is, you know, is, is really important to, to, to bear in mind. I mean, I would almost dismiss that quote out of hand now. I mean, like two years is a very, very long time. Um, you know, we've we've deployed twenty thousand times in two years. There's twenty thousand lessons that we that we have learned through through that through that process. So, um, you, you know, your guy in question may may have had a may have had a point. Um, I, I, you know, I I think it it holds less and less water as every day passes um, because we're learning as as we go. And absolutely nothing is perfect, and we're and we're probably never going to reach that panacea but we are going to learn along the way and things are going to get better as they go so so for me like embracing technology is really the only option 
um, and um, ensuring that you leverage it to, to, to the best you can for your event is, is really what people should be focused on. When we, when we talk about embracing technology, in your experience professionally, both of you, are you working with event organizers of a certain type who have embraced technology? And is there, are there a lot of event organizers or companies out there who work in certain sectors where perhaps event technology or technology of any sort isn't as prevalent? And thus, they're the ones that are a bit more difficult to actually bring forward and, and get them to accept that this is now part and parcel of organizing an event. Yeah, some absolutely get it. And if you take our client base as an example, charities, charities are typically quite slow on the uptake of anything new and very adverse to change. Trying to get them to switch from using pen and paper for a silent auction or pledge, which has worked for years and years, to technology to facilitate it in order to, to, for them to raise more is extremely difficult but you know the scale of charities is, is huge and actually the ones that get it and now use it at every single event would never look back um, there are some that will probably never go down the route of using technology and we just have to accept that and there are some that are sat on the fence and still using a combination of the two so um, but I have no doubt that in the next couple of years given things are moving so fast that they will all catch up and eventually they'll all, all be using technology and and what about the the other side of it the attendee side of it because We'll be dealing with consumer shows and trade shows, for example. Um, what's the difference in deploying technology for a consumer-faced event and a trade business-faced event? How would you address those as two different entities? And ultimately, what are, we, what are we looking to deliver to the attendees of those two different types of audience? Sure. From <clears throat> most of the... Um I'm not sure what the actual percentage is, but most of the events that, that we're involved in are, are, are business to business. Um, and there is a, there's a high focus on security uh, in terms of the data. Uh, there's, a, there's a real high focus on, on capture of, 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 of relevant information in terms of you know, which seminars people have attended and so on and so forth. Um, and obviously a high, high focus on networking because that's you know, one, of the, one, of the, one of the key measures of, of, of return uh, for the attendee as well as the, as well as the exhibitor. So, um, as, as well as the event organizer. So, um, so there's a, a huge focus around ensuring that we can facilitate all, all of that. Um, from, uh, and that's a, that's a big focus for us as a, as, as a business. Um, the, the, other, the other thing that's different about, um, um, about business events for us is, is quite frankly, their scale um, from a volume perspective. So you'll, you know, most businesses have um, one or two large events that they'll, that they'll run in a year, but they will also typically run, um, depending on what you call an event, um, hundreds of events through through the year and one of one of the big frustrations that we hear in the marketplace is that they want to deploy technology across all of their events because they recognize the value um, but they can't they can't do it because the cost is the cost is too high um, we found this to be um, a really big we see this as a really big opportunity for the businesses as well as well as, as, well as ourselves um, and um, you know, and actually it's very rewarding you know when someone goes from you know, deploying technology at one big event to saying actually um, that one big event that you deployed that technology at and you spent that kind of money on, well, well, wouldn't it be good if you could deploy, get, get the kind of insights and return and feedback that you got at that large event at all of your smaller events? Um, so, you know, so we've been, we've been really cheered by, by the fact that a lot of our clients have, have been deploying us at scale across all, across all of their events. And it's, it's brought a brand new dynamic to the way in which they, they look at events and, and meetings, which I think is a real fillip for the, for the industry. On, on the consumer side, um, you know, it's, it's much more about, uh, you know, an engaging and experiential experience. 
um, and um, you know, and you know, and, and large consumer shows. We recently um, did the gadget show live in, in, in NEC in Birmingham. You know, that that was an event that previously didn't have uh, didn't have an app. And obviously, as a as a tech event, you, you need slightly to slightly ironic. There. Yeah, slightly ironic. Um, and uh, and very quickly, we were able to we were able to take them from from paper to mobile uh, in no time. But that's a you know, th- that kind of deployment you know has uh, has completely different considerations. But that you know the the, the net effect is is that they, they, the users ended up having having an app for the for the very first time. Jonathan, you, you've got a, a very consumer focused audience fundamentally, haven't you? At, at iBid, yeah. um, it, when we, we a lot of it is organizer focused. Obviously, when we're looking at at how to engage and how to use it sensibly, but what is in it for the attendee in terms of tech at an event? What what is, it, what is an attendee going to get from engaging with the technology that's there that they wouldn't get from the content that's being programmed for them anyway? I think it's it's to help themselves walk through the process of the day or the events much easier than you would normally. Um, you know, great example for us is award dinners or ceremonies that have a very different uh, consumer base to your typical charity fundraising event for the likes of UNICEF or Marie Curie or Great Ormond Street Hospital. Um, you know, award dinners where typically you know you're there to win an award, and typically people haven't thought of them as fundraising experiences or utilising fundraising technology at an event like that. But over the last few years, you know, we've seen at least 250% growth in the number of awards dinners we're doing, yes, technology, when we apply it to an event like that, is a distraction because obviously there's a lot going on with entertainment and the awards themselves. But it's an interesting distraction and people know, like we were talking about downtime earlier, there is a lot of downtime during an award ceremony because you've only been shortlisted or nominated for a certain number of, of awards. So, you know, you're probably not going to take too much attention or play too much attention while you're not up for one of those categories. And actually more and more often people are deploying technology at these type of events because people are um, you know uh, taking control of the downtime that these consumers have in order to make the most of it for the charity have attendees acceptance of engagement changed and when I, I say acceptance if we go back 10 15 years when people had early mobile phones that could just make a phone call or just send a text if you went into a seminar session for example at a conference or into an important meeting around a conference table and you had your mobile phone out and you were either texting or making a phone call it would be seen as a bit of a you know a business or social faux pas you wouldn't do it now we're actually actively telling people to have their devices out and engage in on certain levels so have the attendees opinions and acceptance of what is socially acceptable at these sort of events changed and evolved perhaps without them even knowing yeah dramatically um you know without without question um and i think i think people fully expect people to be on their mobile phones and and are are conscious of it in 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 actually quite a good way i mean like a speaker can no longer stand up and give a pretty crappy presentation expect to get away with it um you know people are going to be tweeting about it there and then right in front of them and you know as, as a speaker myself that's you know you know, that adds a, a a new edge to when you know when you're on stage uh, speaking. Um, I, I also think that there is something to be said about the bridge between um, between social and and mobile actually, and and the event. So you know, we 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 have a client in Benefit San Francisco, the the, the makeup brand, who who recently used us to to launch a, a, a new mascara, and and they they don't do any advertising for their products, um, but what they do do is is, is promote things through social. They had a pop-up bar here in Soho where they wanted to promote the, the launch of this new mascara. Well, to get to get people to that bar, they wanted to have a bridge between social 
and the event itself and the product. And they used um, they used the app to, to do that. So through the app, they could uh, promote the product, promote prizes, get people to, to book things at the event, and then um, and also research the makeup artist and so on and so forth. They, they found out everything that was that was happening at the event through the app. So it was this bridge. Because ordinarily there would have been this, there would have been some kind of vacuum between. Okay, I've learned about this on social. I need to get to the event. How can I? Um, how you know? How as as the attendee to this event? How can I engage with the? How can I take that extra step to engage with the event without actually being there? So the so the mobile device helped them do that, and they knew obviously their audience is all. It's ninety something like ninety six percent on an iPhone actually. Um, you know, twenty five to thirty six year, year old women. So. So um, you know, for for them, it was it was an integral part of the whole process. They they knew it was an opportunity to bridge the divide between social and the actual event. And um, what we saw with that for the like for one of the very first time, I mean, a really a wonderful uh, exponent of an event was they they were getting um, significant downloads every single day for a good six months. And and at the weekends when it was high, they were getting hundreds of downloads. This was an event that lasted something like six weeks in Soho, went on the road for um, something like four weekends, but over a period of six months, they're getting literally thousands of downloads and thousands of interactions with, uh, with their app on, on the phone. So you know, a really, really smart way of bridging the gap between social and the actual event and keeping an event, or, or getting an event alive before the event starts, keeping it really buzzing whilst the event is going. And, and by the way, the event is pretty much over now and we're still seeing downloads today. So you know, that's a really like, powerful exponent of, of leveraging, um, leveraging technology for a pretty unique event. And, and they, they came at it quite differently. I mean, they, they didn't look at the event as like, oh, this event that we're putting on to promote something. They, they saw it as, a, as an experience that they wanted to, they, they thought they could leverage their network to, to drive people to engage with their brand, they and they, you know, they executed wonderfully. One of the best uh, executions I've, I've I've ever seen. So there's an example where it, it, it's be, it's become very acceptable and very accepted by the audience to 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 engage and use their devices before, during, and after the actual event itself. Jonathan, in your experience and with your audiences and in that particular marketplace as a whole, um, are people accepting it? Is it okay to use your phone at an event in your particular sector? It is if there's a particular reason for using that technology. Um, we don't uh, deploy the technology to every single event because some it's simply not right. Um, and sometimes you know, we have a variety of technologies. Some is mobile-based and some is tablet-based. And actually, the, one of the benefits of tablets is that you keep people focused just on the tablets themselves rather than that in a, in a dinner or a gala dinner that's quite smart. People getting their phones out and immediately changes the atmosphere of the room and looks quite rude. Keeping people focused just on a tablet um, for the fundraising of the night can be extremely powerful to the amount that's raised. Your point you made a minute ago about mobile, I think when it is acceptable to use a phone, keeping it as simple as possible and taking it one step further back. You know, my favorite phone to date is still a Nokia 3310 when it had Snake 2 on it. We fully utilize text messaging uh, all the time these days. I think the, the latest stat is that 95% of text messages are opened within the first two minutes of you receiving it, which is extremely powerful, whereas emails perhaps will sit in your inbox for a number of hours, especially if you're at a busy event. You're more likely to read a couple of texts that, that come straight through. So using the simplest form of technology, which is still the text message, although slightly more expensive than sending emails, can be extremely powerful 
um, rather than just thinking about using social and using apps and using everything else through which people get a bit confused and there's so much going on. I think if there is push, push notifications and you want to keep people really engaged at certain points, then still think about using the text message. Wayne, would you go along with that? SMS, MMS, text messaging as a, as a way to keep people engaged rather than email. We were talking earlier about email and people trying to stay in touch with the workplace via emails on their devices. Um, is that then one solution for an organiser then to perhaps eliminate emails or additional emails going out and use things like text messaging if, as Jonathan says, the, the stats are, are, are right and people are opening them within you know a couple of minutes of receiving them? Yeah, maybe I don't have the stats on that. That's quite interesting. I mean, like maybe there's a renaissance in text messaging uh, around the corner. Um, I don't know. I mean, you, I don't know how many apps I've got on my, on my device. It's far too many. Uh, but I, you know, routinely go through and turn turn on and off notifications. Um, I, you know, I, I think it, I think what's really important here is that, um, and I think things are going to settle down in in the world of apps. I think what's really important here is that event organisers leverage the opportunity they have to push messages in, in whichever form they choose. In a spare, you know, in, you know, sparingly, and they, and they 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 do it in the right way. I mean, I think bombarding anyone with any, you know, with messages that are, are not well thought out and the volume being too high is is bad for everybody, whichever channel you use. So, so for me, the you know the the, the big thing is like think long and hard about what messages you're going to push out there, when you're going to push them out, and what you're going to say, no matter no matter the channel. Now, when you say when to push them out there, that's a very good point because before we 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 started recording uh, today's episode. Um, I was thinking to myself about email uh, alerts that you'll get when you go to an event. And I've been I've been to events before and trade shows and, and conferences where during a particular seminar session, I've actually received an automated email uh, newsletter from the organizers of that particular event. So they've actually, somebody has actually agreed or pushed a button to say, we're going to send an email out to people whilst they're actually sat in a conference session, thus distracting them from the content that probably another department has worked hard to program. So is, is it an example of perhaps some departments not talking to each other or people not communicating or people not planning correctly? Yeah, potentially. I mean, we, we know that, you know, any time between 7 and 11 in, in the morning is a really bad time to send out a push notification at, at an event. Uh, and, and the main reason for that is that you know, people are getting into the event, they're choosing to network, you know, they're doing all of the really proactive... Um, I'd, I'd argue that actually a lot of the ROI that they're, that they're getting, if you're measuring around network connections, is happening between like 7 a.m. and 11 a.m. in the morning. Um, so bad time to send out a push notification. Um, you know, pre-lunch, post-lunch, towards the end of the day, probably a little bit a little bit better. Um, so I think there's, there's data there, and I'm sure Jonathan has some as well, that, that will tell you and direct you as to when, you know, when the good things are, you know, when, when the good times are to send stuff out there. It, you know, if the guys don't have that, that data and they're just throwing things out there willy-nilly, then, you know, more, more the fool them for not looking at, the, at that intelligence. In terms of your, your experience of that and, and interactions post-event, I mean, is, is it something that you deal with uh, a lot and, and does it happen? Yeah, I think the like the point I mentioned earlier about the planning of an event, not just the planning of the actual event, but the way you're going to engage with people and when you're going to engage with them is equally as important as just putting on the event itself. Not just engaging with them while they're there or not engaging them so that they can concentrate on the actual event, but what happens in the few days afterwards. We all go to these trade shows and conferences and events where you get bombarded for the week afterwards from suppliers that you've met and people you've bumped into. And because everyone tries to target you, you know, one or two days after the event, what we found is most powerful is actually let them enjoy the downtime and digest the information they've learned from that experience in the event. 
and get in contact with them you know a week or two weeks after the event you know to see how they're getting on i think actually planning for after the event can be as powerful if not more powerful than hitting them just before or actually on the day i'm, I'm going to go back ever so slightly um to talking about a, a bit of a phrase that was was banded around a couple of years ago and seemed to be a bit of a buzz phrase was amplifying events and how to amplify beyond the actual event itself uh, whether that be before during or after engaging with people who perhaps are not even coming has has technology become a distraction to the point where we've over amplified and not only are we not engaging people during the event itself but we've actually put people off coming by offering them elements of technology that allow them to engage remotely things like live streaming has that has that had an impact do you think I don't know. I mean, I, I thoroughly, you know, I'm a technologist. I thoroughly enjoy being at events and, and meeting people face to face. And I don't think there's any substitution for that. And I don't think anyone should try and kid themselves that that, that, that is the case. I mean, you know, events really are a, a wonderful thing that are, are only going from strength to strength. I, I don't really see that as a challenge. I, I, I think we're going to continue to get more and more people to go to events. And I think we're going to continue to give them a much better experience. And I think we're going to continue to be able to uh, quantify the, the, the return in, in a much neater fashion um, as, as, you know, as, as, as we progress. I, I don't, I really don't see that as a, as a challenge. I, I, I think it's you know, great that people can actually engage with events when they can't make it. There, there are, you know, people genuinely cannot make events that are on a different continent. They can't afford it, but they want to be part of it and they want, and they want to see it. Um, my view is that technology enables that, um, and I think we should em we should embrace that. I mean, it's one of the beautiful things that technology does um, does allow. I think uh, I'm following um, Periscope quite carefully at the moment. I'm not sure if either of you are familiar with Periscope, but it's it's live streaming, and it's especially used at uh, concerts and, and gigs. Um, you know, you simply turn on the camera on your phone, and it live streams it to all your followers that are watching online, and you can see the number of your followers ticking up as you stream your content. So it means you could watch, I don't know, a One Direction or whatever music you enjoy concert from the comfort of your own home, but still get exactly what's going on live in the arena at, at that time. Um, I think we, we are perhaps in danger of going full circle, which is we go to these events and you especially see it when, um, when you're with friends or whatever, and people end up taking photos or living an experience through their mobile phone. Very rarely when you're at a live event, um, especially music concerts, do you put your phone in your pocket and just actually enjoy the atmosphere and what's going on around you? You're taking photos, you're Instagramming, you're Snapchatting, you're on Periscope, you're on Twitter, you're on everything else, Instagram that's going on as well. I think it's quite nice sometimes just to, just to put your phone away and actually enjoy the reason you're at this event, which is to enjoy the experience and exactly what's going on around you. So I think we, we will find a balance. I don't think we're there yet. There's a lot more apps and things coming out like Periscope, which enhance and engage people that aren't at the event. And I'm certainly for that. I think it's great that we can spread the word and, and what's going on, for example, at the O2 when there's only 100,000 people there to thousands and millions more that are online. I think that's great. But I do think that we'll go a full circle actually in, in a few years time that um, you know there'll be a certain element of people that are pushing you know, people putting their phones away and just enjoying the atmosphere the unique, unique atmosphere that those people in the arena are, in, are uh, privy to and uh, on the subject of, of Periscope according to TechCrunch um, 10 years of content is streamed daily on Periscope since its launch roughly 380 years of content has been watched by its users on periscope so you're right in saying that it's becoming a powerful tool and it's something that, that, that people are using um when we're going back to to the basis of today's episode which is is 
you know, is technology becoming a distraction? Is the distraction more likely if organisers don't tailor the tech towards their objectives? Um, where do they start deciding what tech is best for them? So I think as we move towards rounding up today's episode, let's look at some advice. So how do people start by deciding what tech is right for them to make sure that they're not creating something that is a distraction from their main content? Sure. So one of the one of the easiest uh, places to start is is literally around um, you know, how sustainable somebody wants an, a, an event to be. You know, think about the environment. Think think about you know whether you want to have paper flying around, and, and and think about whether that's something that's uh, that's that's important to your uh, to your organisation to be you know to be to be to be uh, partaking in very basic way of looking at it um but but actually it's like a, it's a fundamental uh, it's a fundamental reason to to leverage technology um beyond that it, it's really all about you know what is it that i'm trying to achieve you know do i do, do i literally want to just um do i recognize that i have an audience that's leveraging this ubiquitous device um and do it does it make sense for me to engage with them on it and if the answer to that is yes um, then you should be thinking about what technology you can you can leverage on that device to engage with them. Beyond that, I would say you know my my advice would be if you haven't done this before and this is your first foray, then absolutely walk before you run. You've got much more to lose if you try and run before you can walk. And I have seen catastrophes where people have spent a lot of money and a lot of time, um, and quite frankly, put their careers and potentially businesses on the line by executing very, very badly. And I've seen that across all industries. Actually, my, you know, my background is not just in the events industry. I've spent 20 years doing other stuff, uh, all with tech. Um, but for those that get it right, it can catapult both them in their careers, but also their businesses. Um, and and you know, my advice would be absolutely walk before you can run. I'm sure you run more than one event. Um, take that first step in the evolution take the lessons and, and iterate um it's a much you know, it's much easier to take that approach than it is to just try and like have something that's all singing all dancing right off the bat jonathan advice to to, to organizers where, where do they start to make sure it doesn't become a distraction for, for me it's you know, thinking about five things one is the return on investment so what you're getting out of the actual technology you're using two is think about you know carefully think about in advance of the the aim you know why are you using that is it financial benefits is it, it engagement is it awareness and, and what are the reasons for using it two is the content you know, think about what content you're going to put on the technology that you couldn't put elsewhere and actually if you couldn't put it elsewhere then what technology is it is it right to put on not all technology is the same we all have our unique selling points otherwise you know you wouldn't have a number of providers out there three th four things about the service you know, the service that goes with the technology you can't just implement uh, you know technology into an event and not think about the service be it online be it through the app be whatever it may be at, you know um, at the actual event um, and then fifth is you know planning planning is the absolute key to all of it and everything I've mentioned so in advance of the events you know the technology make sure you're using the right one at the right price what you're getting out of it at the end what happens after the event what happens at the event in terms of like we talked about push notifications and user engagement so for me following those five things you know return investments thinking about the aim thinking about the content the service and the human touch as well which is absolutely key which some people ignore and also you know it all comes back to planning and having a careful plan in place excellent gentlemen 
Thank you very much for your uh, for your time today. Uh, we thank Wayne Morris once again from Guybook. Thanks for joining us. Pleasure. Jonathan Douglas from Ibid. Jonathan, good to have you back on the uh, on the podcast again. Many thanks. You've been listening to Talking Events, uh, brought to you by Event Industry News. If you want to get in touch with us, if you've got an opinion on today's podcast, tweet us at Talking Events. You can also watch a video of this podcast on the Event Industry News YouTube channel.